Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I have a person that's going to be on the show with me, and I know she called in earlier, and I'm looking at her, at her number, and I want to commend her, and then I looked up, and her number disappeared. So, call back. I'm waiting for you. So, again, my name is Jeanette Abney. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning. I also want to make sure that um, we basically stay prayerful as it relates to our country and what's going on, not only in our country, but in our homes, with our family, with our friends, with our coworkers, because there is a lot going on, which kind of led me to this topic today, especially after I was watching the election and I was addicted to CNN and I'm just stuck on the TV trying to figure out who won the election, what's happening, what's going to happen. And I know we don't put our faith in man, we put our faith in God. But today's topic is entitled, United We Stand, Divided We Fall. Now, United We Stand, Divided We Fall is a faith used in many different kinds of models, Most often, it is used to inspire unity in a collaboration with others. Its core concept lies in the collective notion that if individual members of a certain group with binding ideas, such as a union, a coalition, a confederation, or alliances of their own, if they do it on their own, it's a problem instead of working as a team. Because if they don't work as a team, in most cases, individuals are doomed to fail and will be defeated. It kind of goes back, I remember when I was playing sports, when I was coaching, and people used to always say there's no I in team. Now, the phrase implies that working together is easier as there is strength in number, and one may not agree. However, there should be no need to disrespect. Now, as I indicated earlier, in the United States, we just endured an election. Many individuals have mixed emotions and a lot of opinions. However, what needs to be done is we really need to heal our nation. We need to stop COVID, educate our children, continue to keep food on our tables, money in our pockets, as well as make sure individuals have secure employment. And that's just to name a few. So today's show is not designed to be going back and forth and blaming individuals or shaming individuals because there's no need for that or need to disrespect. Today's show is set as a platform so we can talk about what we can do as an individual to get along with others, even if we do disagree. So let me log on my guest, and I want to personally thank her. Good Good afternoon. How are you doing? Miss Elise. Hi, this is Jeanette. Can you hear me? This is Elise. Hi, Elise. You know what? I want to thank you for being a trooper. I really do. Because I was like, who do I want to have a conversation with? I'm still, I just did my little video, and it's still posting on the Facebook, so, you know, I'm running kind of late. So I'm glad I called you, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the show. But I want to thank right. you for joining as we talk about this. Because when we start well, talking about Hello? What were you gonna say? No, what were you saying? I was listening. I was listening. No, I was thanking you for 
accepting and I honor you for even engaging in this conversation with me. I appreciate you for that. I really do. All right. You know what, Janette, I, I appreciate you as well for even, you know, I'm honored for you to even ask me to be on your show. You know, it's kind of like, hey, that's really cool. And I think that what you're doing is commendable because um, on your panel, I find that the conversations are really, really, you know, enlightening because you get various opinions and even the last one I sat in, I got a lot of information. You know, it's kind of like helped me. So, yeah, I think um, I appreciate you, and thank you for inviting me. I enjoy your show. <laughs> well, like I said, because I try to put information out there and give people a platform, because a lot of times individuals say, like they were talking about my bulls don't matter or people don't listen. And like I said, you never know who's watching you or who's paying attention. You never know. And and I just do it because I have passion for it. You know, not to get rich, not to be famous, not to be, but I do whatever I can to help those that want my help. You know, those that will listen will listen. Those that won't, they won't. There's nothing we can do. But you have to learn how to find out if a person is teachable and coachable. Like I said, which brings us to this topic today. And as I was watching um, Kabbalah, Kabbalah come out and, and when they were doing the um, the thing on um I think it was just Saturday. I said, you know what? When we start talking about unity, when we start talking about division, when we start talking about uniting individuals, a lot of times individuals are so stuck in their ways. So it's like, what can we do? And even when I brought this topic to your attention, you were like, okay, so where are we going? Da, 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 da. You know, and it's just a platform. It's just a platform. But when I said that topic to you, united we stand, divided we fall, what came to your mind? Uh, African Americans. <laughs> That's okay. it. You know what? I, it came to me. That, that was my mindset at that time. And what do you mean by that when you say African American? Because a lot of times people don't get it. They don't even realize the divisions amongst their own race, in their own home. You know, what do you mean to clarify well, that a little what, bit? Okay, what I mean by that is, like you just said, we have to start right where we are as a people. That's, that's where I'm thinking as far as African Americans because we share the same type of struggles. You know, it, it's time now, like, we don't know our heritage because we were kind of brought over here and stripped from whatever we were from. But we do have a heritage within being here as born ancestors of slaves. So with us, what we have now, I think it has to start within our culture, because it is a culture now, that we Mm -hmm. need to build. We need to build. We need to start seeing what's been going on with us as African Americans, and realize, hey, we need to pull together. We have, like, 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 okay, I was bringing this up on Facebook when I mentioned, hey, we have uh, communities that that's just in that community. The Koreans, they have their communities. You know, China, with Indians, they have their own communities, and they're thriving. And when you walk in those stores, it's ran by Indians and, and things of that nature. But when we come in our own community, we walk in stores. It's not people like us that we see. You know, and it's very important that we should do that because it's still, in a way, telling us 
We don't have the right to own anything because all we see is other races owning stuff, and we see other races who didn't even help build this land owning stuff in our neighborhoods. So this should be an awakening for us as African Americans. Start at the bottom, whatever, but we need to see our strength in numbers. We voted, we Mm -hmm. showed out, and, of course, I don't care for the candidates, but at the same time we're not going there because I heard your monologue in the beginning. We're going to keep it nice. But at the same time, that still shows our power. You know, like Black Panther, we showed out. We have the power Mm -hmm. if we would just stay and stick and look within our own community and say, hey, what's happening here? Let's find out why we can't. We want this business. We want it in our community. Since this is what's going on, I want a loan. Now, I got about five, six investors here. I got about ten black families. Together, we should qualify Mm -hmm. for this loan. They don't do it. Mm -hmm. The banks, I don't know if they find reasons not to do it, but they don't do it. But we now that we know what we know, we got the mad pool to say, no, you're going to work with us. No, 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 Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. That's that's where my feeling is. And it goes back to unity. So a lot of times we're looking in other people that we're looking at that, and a lot of times individuals are afraid to even unify. You know, as you were speaking, and I know that I am a business owner, I remember when I when it was proposed to me to buy a business, the first thing I was thinking of was my daughter because she was already in college studying business finance. So I figured she can handle the financial part. I can do the therapy. So I'm calling some of my friends. I'm, you know, trying to get people together. I'm calling some of my old coworkers that work with me. And I'm trying to unify. And I'm like, you know what? I have this ability to do this. I didn't know nothing about a business. I didn't know an escort from a C-Corp to an LLC. I didn't know none of that stuff, none of it. But what I did know was I was, I was not afraid. And what I did know was that I was not going to be told no, nor was I going to accept no. But I went through pure D hell. But I didn't give up. People gave up on me. I didn't give up. My family, I would go to my family and say, can you loan me some money? They would literally tell me no. And there was those Uh that did help, those that tried to help in their own ways. But I couldn't even get my own family to unify with me. And sometimes they oh, still go against oh. me with my radio show. So when we start talking about unity, we got to first understand what to unify means. You know, when we're talking about and you're talking about getting these businesses or getting their family together, we got to educate the family to let the families know that, okay, this is what we're looking at. This is what we're up against. We got to be honest. We got to make sure that no one has an arterial motive or a hidden agenda. So there's a lot because there it can be done. There's grants out there. There's fundings out there. When you talk about investors, you got to remember an investor wants their money back. So exactly. an investor's mindset is different. So we got to right. know what we we're getting ourselves into, and a lot of times we don't know and we don't want to know. So well, it's, it's, but that's it's basically we have enough forces within our own community, within our own race that have financing mm-hmm. um, and knowledge, you know, they got their degree in finance. Hey, this is the awakening time. I always say 2020 is a year of vision because it was my awakening. I don't know about anybody mm-hmm. else, but it was mine. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. hey, we have enough 
people within our own whatever. We got Zoom, we got all this whatever. We can hey, we need a guy that knows this finance, you know about investments. We want people that you know, but the thing about us as black people we have a lot of layers within ourselves as an individual <laughs> on what we went through as children, what messages we received, how we how we registered that on ourselves and our self-image because there's a lot of work, like you say, individually it is. Like your family, my family, the same way. Literally want to see you destroyed and you want to know what is going on. Am I in the twilight zone? <laughs> Don't you see? I'm trying to do something with my life. Girl, what are we, what is going on? And you're right. You're absolutely right. So it does go down deep with the pet. Start there. But there again, where, yeah, yes, but I know, right. But seriously, but where do we go? Where, how do we, you know, uh, peel through that there with the family? But again, we got to understand it's tied back to slavery. They stripped us. You know, they, they snatched our kids from us. It's like generational deep DNA stuff that was embedded, and it was the energy, I guess, I guess I could say was passed down, so we do need healing. You know, even if we was to go hard in the paint, we do need to implement programs for our community to, to like, mm-hmm. look, let's, let's, let's have some family um, reconstruction mm-hmm. here. Like I tell you, everyone, which upsets me the most is that crime, 94 crime bill and that three-strikes law, because we took a lot of men out of and away from their homes. They're just the way it is. I have this question, okay, because I hear you, but I have this question. So if you have a son, I have a son, every time my son, before he even got started getting in trouble, I warn him about that. I can't be mad if I know that the three strikes law was used as a deterrent telling you if you get arrested three times. Now, yeah, they were arresting folks that and giving them the third strike on a non-felony or something that wasn't that serious. But if I told my son, these are the obstacles and this is what's going to be used against you, and my son still go out there and commit crimes. All I can do, and my son, and if he calling in on this radio show, he will tell you, because I know a couple of weeks ago, I saw it was posted on Facebook where my son had a whole bunch of police officers around him. And the bottom line was, I could say, I know he ain't innocent, but I can't be mad and keep seeing all this if I know he's not listening and he's out there committing the crime. So some of the things we have to learn to take accountability for, too. So, but no, no, I, I got Okay, I gotta say something on that, on that, that right mm-hmm. there, that point. There to me seems to be again a division of how we gonna weigh this out because was that three strike law fairly spread it out amongst my white counterpart? That's first, foremost. Now, if this white boy gets mm-hmm. the same treatment I'm getting on the three strike law. Correct. See, if he's not, I have a serious issue on why my son, because you know why. There's lawyers that can, you know, get cases. And I know some of these families didn't have any money, so they had no representation. But there again, that goes with the family pulling together. Let's get our son a lawyer because these white families would do it. They don't care if their son did it or not. They just try to get him, you know. So the point I'm trying to raise is if you created a 3 strikes law, and we already know Reagan dumped the dope in our hood, 
We already know there's mm-hmm. crime there because, you know, people struggling. Mm-hmm. You had a three-strike law. Who is it going to impact the most? So somebody I, needed to I, come. I, That's where we dropped the ball because somebody needed to step up as black politicians, whoever. Hey, no, no, no. In Congress, yeah, we can't put this law, but I understand it had been trying to get pushed, but they pushed it on through. So with my part, with this part, the very man that's running for president, can we revisit that so we can save the young men that's coming up now? We need this revisit, sir, and we need the men that's already in there. Can they come out? Because don't you think they've psychologically been already punished? You know, that's, that's my point. And I, and I, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go on. I just want to say this oh, one no, thing. No, I know no, what you no, said no, about no, this. I'm, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. The three strikes law has been placed on the ballot more than once. And from mm. my understanding, and with them trying to reverse it, it's been close. It's people's perception of it. Now, I can talk about that from a lot of different perspectives because, I mean, I, my degree is also in administration of criminal justice. Okay. When I grew up in seeing what I saw, I wanted to go into law enforcement. And right. I wanted to go in law enforcement to make a difference. So I love law. I love the courtrooms. I can tell you, I'm a beast when it comes to being in the courtroom because All I right. get it. I understand it. So I understand it from a person being a criminal. I, I know that, too, because I can be very criminal-minded, too. And I know it from uh-huh. a way of prosecuting someone in regards to how I can make sure I can make the make sure that what what occurred to make it where a jury can understand to how to and why to convict you, and I also understand how to look through the loopholes to get you off. If I was representing you as an attorney, I get that too. But uh-huh. the thing is, it goes back to unifying and teaching our children some of the things. Uh-huh. You got kids out there doing all kind of stuff. My four-year-old grandson, my friend, be teasing him. You will go to jail. You keep on. You go go to jail. We tell him that now to let him know. So, and I'll tell my, I tell my grandkids in a heartbeat now, don't be name dropping telling them my granny is Jeanette Abney because the court system is not going to want to deal with me. Social services is not going to deal with me when, when they hear my name because they know I'm no nonsense. So, right, that's you know, one of what I want things- well, what I want to mm-hmm. say to families, you know, I don't credit myself to being a licensed anything, but I have done some work on psychological things and what we uh, plant in our seeds and in our minds and in our bodies. And I feel, you know, culturally, our children, for some reason, you know, we have children having children, but most of the time they want to be rappers and, and, you know, basketball players. So I I feel like part of the problem, what I recognize during this election, is that a lot of us families don't take the time outside of school to teach our children African-American history and how to be proud of what we came from Mm -hmm. and why it's important that they need to or strive. I wouldn't want, you know, the reason why I say that is because it's this, uh, what's the word called, negative reinforcement that we put on our Mm -hmm. children when we burn that in their heads about jail. We don't want them to think of that nature. We want to think of them to me aspiring to be judges or, you know, we want you Correct. to uh, be right, a doctor or we need you to be a lawyer or, or, you know, 
Yeah, we need to start them early, but if we teach them. Right, if we teach them early, like, about who they are, being African-American, who they're tied to, showing them these other people who who overachieve worse than what we're involved in. I mean, can you imagine, like I thought when I was talk, talking about the civil rights side, I was on Facebook talking to somebody, and I'm thinking about how fearful these people could have been under the fact mm-hmm. that they can get shot in a moment because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. And it's just, mm-hmm. we're going to, like, these young people need to know it's serious business out here. They whooping our butts because, again, mm-hmm. they're taking away our identity. They're telling us we mm-hmm. can't measure up, but they're stealing us. They're using us. They're coming off on everything. Mm-hmm. Do you really think that's an accident that Kamala Harris is a president and Obama was a president and won because they know the black folk count? They know we got it mm-hmm. going on. That's why the Democrats, to me, is playing. But we we have to do what we have to do. I can't I can't change. So they're elected. That's it. But I'm saying we have the power to have made changes. But again, we didn't do that, and it goes deeper than that. It goes deeper because we don't. We're not teaching our children. Young. Hey, you are somebody. Okay. We're not doing that. My question is, we first have to learn how to do it. I tell individuals, even parenting adult children, a lot of individuals do not even know how to parent adult children because we look at our children as still being children and they're grown. So that's one uh-huh. thing. So when I talk about okay. unifying and how we can do better, because when you know better, you can do better. Like I said, when I mentioned about my grandson and redirecting his behavior, we were teaching him there's consequences. So that and, and see, my son, my grandson has been around people in law enforcement. He's been around, you know, individuals that do certain jo- jobs. He's been, you know, he's seen a lot of these things. So we want the best for him, but we also have to let him know if you go out there and you go astray, there's consequences for that too. So we all deserve more. We all deserve better. But ignorance, ignorance is bliss. It's very bliss. Now, when I indicated about the world is watching and also I was hearing some things and I was writing it down, how we don't want to be on the wrong side of history, because history, we've made history again. Now, the bottom line, what are we going to do about it? COVID cases are increasing. It literally, and I'm not one to judge, and I, but I look at people's character. When I heard this morning that Ben Carson was positive for COVID, I was like, are you kidding me? You should have known better. You know, African Americans at one point in time really looked up to him, really looked up to him. He should have known. And I'm not saying and telling people what to do because people go do what they want to do. Just like when I was looking at the, the, um, CNN and the other guy was talking about, well, if I get it, I get it. And boom, he got it. I was like, tag you in. So when we talk about unified, I'm talking about what can we do as a nation to make sure that people are not dying from COVID? You know, what can we do as a nation to get our schools back open, to make sure businesses are not failing, to make sure that, you know, that these things are happening and everybody, we can be, even if we're not on the same page, we're not blaming folks and slandering folks and, you know, that right there is a problem. 
you know, Jeanette, when you you break those points regarding COVID and the cases getting higher and everything, I probably would have to uh, say for me to answer that will be not in good, you know, line because of my, what I feel about COVID-19. I just, you know, I, I think, you know, I would not be the one to give my input on that because, number one, I don't even understand the, the thing. I don't think they do. Number two, I don't you know, I don't. Tr- and another, another reason, I don't trust the numbers. I don't trust what they're putting out. I just don't trust too much of anything as of late because I do feel there is some corruptions behind the government and the reporting. There is, mm-hmm. is money is an evil force and money will mislead or depending on what's giving me the most money, I'll report the story and it may not be true. So I can't say that the reporting of what COVID is pointing out is actually something that I want to run my life off of. And I hear what you're saying, but that's just to me, um, but really I, I beyond my, numbers may not always be accurate. It's not, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, it's not about just the numbers. I don't, if it's five, if it's ten, if it's a, but people are dying. That much I know. I'm, I'm looking at it from a position that I'm talking to clients daily. I mean, at first mm-hmm. I kind of seen as many clients as I was seeing, but now I'm talking to clients seven days a week. My phone is mm-hmm. ringing off the hook where individuals are having anxiety, they're having mm-hmm. depression, they're having mm-hmm. marital issues, they stress mm-hmm. out. I'm hearing uh, that, you know, we got to bury my mama who was 60 years uh, old who just died of COVID. I'm getting clients uh, that have had COVID twice. So I remember the first client that I told me she had was positive for COVID, she helped uh, educate me about symptoms. So some uh, of this stuff I'm getting from people that are experiencing it. Now, I even went on a call one time to go help an African-American family who told me that everybody was negative and then they didn't even want the intervention, well, the person didn't want the intervention, but that person called me the next day and said, Ms. Abney, and left me a message. I said, and then when I, when I heard the message, she said, I'm calling to let you know that you've been exposed to COVID. Oh, my Lord. And I was like, oh, my God, I was mad as hell. And I was upset because I was calling people I know to go with me to this house because I didn't want to go to no stranger's house by myself. And I thought about it. I said, Lord, if I would have took Ray Ray and Pookie over there with me, they'd be ready to go do a drive-by on people's house after they didn't lie. So, so let me say this. Let me, let me also, I'm going to say one more thing I want to add with what you just said. Another thing about those numbers is that it, it has a high rate of survival. I get that other elderly and it this is. and that. Yeah, so so my thing again with COVID nineteen, and I want to be just as honest as I can be, mm-hmm. is that that's just another. It, I I believe it's something beyond our control that's doing this. It's it's maybe because I also have a spiritual and a biblical belief system as well that I operate okay. on. 
not everyone, you know, like sometimes when you're on panels and everything, they just they don't have that type of mindset where there can be biblical predictions mm-hmm. happening and it's just out of our control because this is what man has caused to happen because it's written in the word of God. So mm-hmm. I look at that part of the game too. And so mm-hmm. when I speak of COVID, I think of it on my biblical platform of which I have a connection with God to show me, Lord, is this a signal to, hey, this is what I need to do? Because with my thing is, he, we, you know, his word says uh, he's not a God of fear. You know, we have mm-hmm. my belief with this COVID way I walk, is okay, I'll do my precautions, but cover me with your blood and protect me out here because we know what's going on. And at the end of the day, if we're going to fulfill the biblical word of God, we know that our job mm-hmm. is that we need to be ready and just living our lives the way he has instructed us to live it because we're only here for a short period of time. And so with what he has given me to live, I want to do it to the most of my ability and just walk in his grace. So when I talk about okay. COVID, I just feel like it's something out of my, that, that's just biblical. And what we can do to stop it in that, I don't have an answer, to be honest with Correct. you. Because this is, this is, I don't know. This the, is my, I don't know. The, mm-hmm. I, this is my take on that. And I, and I, um, I respect what you're saying because I don't have an answer. But what I do is I try to make sure I take things to boost my immune system. I make sure I limit the people that I'm around. If I know that a person's attitude is that they don't care and they go out and they do whatever they want to do, I make sure that I'm not in close proximity because I know I have a compromised immune system. So I'm not uh-huh. going to be worried about what the numbers are if I know that there is something out there that can make me sick. People did the same thing with HIV, and people had the same perception. Well, I don't have to worry about it. I don't like condoms. I don't want to wear rubber. And then people started getting sick, and they started dying of HIV. They're not dying of HIV as much. You know, the same as people but, are having a protective but, but you, know what, you, know, you said something. You know, you said something really key, right, what you just said. Now, I said what I said, but you added the end part of it, which means he also gave us common sense. Now, yes. if you pray that, Lord, move this, whatever's on your leg, and don't go to the doctor, then, hey, you have a, you know, we have a serious issue here because just like you said, okay, I'm out here warning you this is something going on here. You know, that's why it's grace and mercy is so good. Because like Jeanette said, hey, okay, I'm confident. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to take care of Jeanette, and I want the person or people around me to take care of Jeanette. This is so key when you said, hey, you got to get all that stress out of you. We got to, you know, move a little bit, have a little, uh, what's the word, self-care, you know, motivational praying and just getting in tune with ourselves. I think you kind of know what I'm saying. And then exercising, eating clean, and building up our immune system and keeping our mind stayed on whatever that keeps you positive. You know what I mean? That's You said the word there. That's very true, what you just laid out, but what I said. Yes, ma'am. So, and that's right. Well, like I said, when we start talking about things and when we start talking about unifying and when we start talking about stop being so divided, sometimes that division, it can escalate. You know, even right now as I was watching 
the, the watching the news, and you know, we hear some individuals talking about unifying our company, I mean, our country, but then we still got individuals that out there that want to divide us. Like you were talking about with Compton, yeah, the drugs was brought into Compton, yes. You know, people were putting people to where they was. Um, one of the reasons why I left the Compton Unified School District when we were in school was because I realized our books were stamped obsolete. And I told my mother, I want to be an attorney when I grow up. I can't be no attorney studying from no obsolete book. What at Willowbrook, I'm oh. a superstar, I'm a day shooting, I'm this, I'm that. I can't compete. I said, but it no. wasn't like I could not compete. Mentally, I knew I could compete, but I wasn't given access to the information. So I had to go outside to get it, and I did that. But that didn't mean I didn't lead a hood. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in Compton right now. Today I'm in conflict. So a lot of times individuals lose who they are when we start talking about unifying individual because it's easier to divide because we can always get people to rally for the bad, but can we get people to rally for the good? Can we get people to rally That's for the good? That's a good when question. I you, when I was listening to you talking about a business and how when I had the guy on the show last Monday and he was talking about how we used to walk up and down Central and, and all the businesses, yeah, because sometimes we get so caught up in the fame, we, we, we abuse our power, we do all of these things, we start hurting the people that we're supposed to help. I remember when I did buy my company, my mother told me, and I was under a spiritual attack, my mother said, baby, you're fighting against the system. The system is designed to keep individuals on drugs, and you trying to get them sober. I've never been on drugs. So I didn't know right. what I was doing. I, my job was to try to get people clean and sober. I didn't know that as long as they stayed going through the court system, it was operating money. But I understand it's different ways that it generates money. It's different ways of where they can try to get funding. It's different ways of how they can try to apply for grants. People got to learn but, the system. When you have but, a better you know, understanding, then you can see what's going on. Right, but, but right, but back to what you were speaking on COVID, and because again, I just started thinking. I said here again, and, and I just knew it when COVID hit. When they were talking about us, and guess what? Everybody's gonna get hit the hardest, and it was us again, because we get hit the hardest anytime something comes. We got hard. We got hit the hardest with AIDS. We got. Hit. Let me say this. Let me say this. Not to cut you off. But when COVID first came out, what did they say? African American can't get it. That was the first thing they did. Remember, right when they that, first I know came that, out, why were they? Because we wasn't catching it. Remember, and I'm like, why did they say that? What, what's going on with this picture? Because I remember <laughs> at one point we wasn't catching it. Right, we was like, whoa, whoa. And then now all of a sudden, but I didn't take any chances of it because I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna mess it up. And it, and what was crazy? It was happening. Right after Kobe passed, I think they did that big gathering, and next thing you know, boom, it's in California. It's in the United States. And I remember mm-hmm. them saying that, but what my point was, oh, my goodness, I was going to say something. But with the COVID, uh, what you spoke about with that COVID, we got hit the hardest. And because it's our medical, you know, we just the bottom of the totem pole. We don't have the medical. Look at the president. They picked him up in a helicopter. He he walked mm-hmm. a distance from the hospital, and he looked like he walked off the stage talking about, I got it. He was walking, moving around, and he's 70-something years old, overweight, and he has COVID. He mm-hmm. goes in the hospital 
and they fly him over there and shot whatever they wanted to shoot in him, and he they flew his butt right back on the on the on the line. He walked right in there the next day. He's at a rally and he's okay. He's COVID free. Come on now. What, what are you problem, telling me? Problem with that. But this is the problem with that. All they did was dope them up. It's like you can take a person and the person can be playing basketball. I've seen people play basketball and, and sprain their ankles and they shoot them up with other type of medications and then they run it back up and down the court feeling no pain. So stuff like that happens. But just what okay, you just indicated, that, that, let, let me say this, let me say this, let me say this. And then okay. we got individuals that in other states talking about, well, if I get it, I get it. Because he did not lead by example. That was poor leadership. Because now people are thinking that they can do what he did, and it ain't working like that for everybody. Like you said, everybody don't have the medical care that he has. They don't have the drugs and the medication that he was exposed to. Now, let's see if his um, chief of staff is going to get it. Let's see if Ben Carson going to get the same medical treatment that he got. I didn't see Ben Carson getting flown to the hospital. But they show no, but he, but he got driven. But best believe me, he got driven there. But you know, one thing I want to say: remember, Tom Hanks had it first. Then Edie Albert, and you know, these actors started saying uh-huh. they have it. So to me, Jeanette, again, I'm still a little on the conspiracy theory thing with this COVID. Yeah, maybe out there. I don't know how significant it is. I just find yeah. it very hard. To see that, uh, you know, we, I get what you're saying, you know, economically, you know, they have the means, they can sit in the house, they have the, the money but and the this, thing that, and the other. We all going to have our, our, our doubt. We all going to have our opinion, but how okay. do we rise? I heard, I heard President-elect Joe Biden say today, he was talking about, no, I think he said it last night. Rising above our differences. My thing was, can we rise above our differences? And how do we rise above our differences? Because you and I can go back and forth all day long, whether there's conspiracy theory or not. People still die, people still get it. So whether it's conspiracy, whether it's a fact, it's happening. How Uh do we rise above that? How can we get alone even if we disagree? And see, okay, so that's where that's where I know we're we're gonna have a problem. I wanna answer your question. I know where we're gonna have a problem because again, we're pushing this, we're getting to the point where we don't know who got what. That's where a vaccine is gonna be mandatory. And I have an issue with that driven that way because just like you said, somebody gonna be people with the attitude, I don't give a dog on, I'm gonna they're going to say that's the reason why we're going to push it, because we got people like that saying that. It's going to be mandatory. I have an issue, a serious issue with it. I don't, so I don't that's think why it's I'm, going to I'm be like, No, I'm not feeling it, you know. Huh? Yeah, what I'm seeing is I don't think it's going to be mandatory, because I've never had a flu okay. shot. Okay. So, okay. I'm sorry about that. I can't do it. My body won't let me do it. I have no mm-hmm. So with me having lupus, I have a compromised immune system. So some mm-hmm. things you can't, it's not going to work for everybody. But if we walk around thinking they're going to make this mandatory, they're going to make that mandatory. Okay, but the thing is, we still got to take care of ourselves. So I may disagree. I've heard individuals talking about vac- vaccination is a whole big issue within itself, even with kids right. that have autism. So we're so busy walking around in fear 
But the thing is, like I said, the, can we rise above our differences or do we not want to rise above our differences? Sometimes when we talk about segregation or separating individuals, sometimes people do need to be separated, but they don't need to just be divided. They don't need to be given negative information. They don't need to be told that you less than. They don't need to be told that you don't deserve it. No. Well, let me ask you this question. What is your take on the vaccine? I mean, are you, what if they do make it mandatory? What is your position on that? I'm not taking no vaccine. I told you I never took okay. a flu shot. <laughs> so I'm not going to take something that many, I've, I have not. I have not. You know what? My doctor gave my doctor gave me a prescription. I went to the doctor. Oh God, it was a couple couple of months ago because my lupus was acting up. They gave me or gave me a prescription for some medicine. I ain't even picked it up. I haven't even finished reading all the lab, but I'm not dead yet. I'm still alive. Right. So I make right. sure I'm taking care of myself. I remember a doctor gave me some medication one time for hypertension, and it said may cause more side effects in black people. And I read it. I advocate for myself. So when Mm -hmm. when it said that, the doctor called me, the doctor's nurse called me and said, Ms. Abney, we just want to know how you're doing with your prescription. How are you feeling? I said, I'm okay. Well, and she asked me something about the medicine. I said, I don't know. She said, "Um, I'm not taking it. Did you not read what it said? May cause more side effects in black people. What do you think I am, blue? I'm not going to sit there and believe. I had a doctor call me grossly obese. I told him, your mama. I may be obese, but I'm no, not wow. so I don't right. feed into all of that. that. That's one thing that I can say in regards to my upbringing and having a mother that mm. was verbally abusive. I don't, I don't believe everything people tell me. I don't let nobody break me down to build me up, but I do my best to make sure I do the right thing no matter what because I know I have leadership ability. And I know that sometimes you could be a threat when you have an influence on individuals. So those the individuals that are in leadership position, we need to be mindful of that. We need to make sure that we are being respectful and we're not causing and sowing into division. Because the p- part of helping and helping others is helping those that don't know how to help themselves. You don't want to handle that. Right. That's true. But we do need to That's heal. True. And we need to heal from the wounds of division. A lot of people are holding on to things that they don't want to let go of. They don't want to let go of it. When I was watching and I'm listening and I'm and, and, and even talking about listening to um, one of the things, and like I said, I don't favor nobody. I don't. But when mm. I was listening to different people speak, I was writing things down. So this is not coming from what Jeanette is saying. I was listening to Stacey mm. Abrams, and she was talking about the faces of leaders can change. Now, some people thought it couldn't. But we see the faces of leaders. Some individuals are appointed and placed in positions to do things, and all we got to do is hold them accountable and make sure that they do what they're supposed to do. That's where we have power. 
That's where you saw if we unify, we can make a difference. That's where when they started voting over here and voting, and it started scaring individuals because they wasn't expecting individuals to unify. They wasn't expecting that, and it caused a problem. So when she said that the face of the unit of uh, leaders can change, and we have to get along even if we disagree. Meaning just because I may disagree with a person's beliefs, perception, how they live their life, that don't mean I can't get along with them. I just know what I'm dealing with. Well, Jeanette, I don't know if this, Jeanette, I want to ask you a question. I don't know if this will tie in with what the topic is, but for some reason I just feel led to ask you, and I hope it is in line when you speak of unity. Uh, One thing that came to my mind during this election did it ever did it ever occur to you or did you ever wonder why there were more men, black men that turned out to vote for Trump as opposed to Biden and why it was more women that voted for Biden? Um, because there was a big division amongst men choosing Trump, black men in particular, as opposed of more women were choosing Biden. And I found that interesting. Like why was One that done? One of the one of the reasons, and I don't know if it's a fact, but I I have brother-in-laws, I have people that I talk to, like I said, from all walks of life, and what I kept hearing was they were upset about the crime bill, they felt that some of um, Joe Biden's policies, they was talking about Mrs. Harris and what she did when she was, but the thing was she was doing her job, change, things change. Now, you and I both know growing up in Compton, there's good people in Compton. There were mentally ill individuals in Compton that we didn't even know they were mentally ill. We have drug dealers that was in Compton. We got drug users that was in Compton. We got a whole lot of stuff. And people put everybody in a boat, in the same boat, because they did not know how to assess the needs of the individual. That's what we okay. need to do better. So, so, so. Go ahead. So what, to answer your question is a lot of African-American men, I'm not saying all, from what I was hearing is that they were still upset about some of the policies that was occurring back in the 70s, back when she was um, doing the job that she was doing, and they was holding on to that. But a lot okay. of individuals are still not taking account, and I'm not going to say that there's not innocent people that go to jail. I'm not, I can be framed and railroaded. I can walk on my house today and they can say, Jeanette, we're arresting you for a murder that happened, da 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 because of the platform that I put out there. I get that. So a lot of times, but then, but then it comes a point in time is we teach people to be responsible sometimes, but sometimes we don't even do that. But we don't teach them to be accountable, no matter what ethnicity they are. And that's where, like with myself, when I'm working with families, when I'm working with children, when I'm working with adults, sometimes I have to teach them what their parents don't teach them. Sometimes I have to go back and tell Caucasians whether they got a six-digit fixed income or whatever the case may be, your child needs some discipline. I'm not saying beat your child. But by that same token, your child needs to know you love them by not giving them a sense of entitlement. So if I have to be that voice, that's what I do. Well, people may not always I, agree. 
Yeah, but I want to say, I wanted to say, you know, dealing with, I just want to, if, if you don't mind, I want to say about the men who chose Trump, and I, I'm glad you answered that because that's where I gathered that, okay, they, it's so symbolic to me that the black man looked at her as being one of the, you know, women, some women that they date or see or whatever, but they looked at her as they feared her. They was like, no, we don't want her. And I say, when I looked at that, I said, now look how the division is. The black women went towards this way. And I'm just going to be real frank that, you know, I do a lot of thinking, and I said, why didn't the black women follow their men to say no? You, you, you know, I felt strongly about it. I just felt like we needed to make a stand to her because we needed to, to be rectified. If you when we do this, we need you to admit that what you did and explain why. Mm-hmm. We didn't ask okay. her for any explanation, so it always that to me was a division there because we didn't stick together even on that note because we, a lot of times we didn't say nothing. Let, let huh? me let me we have a. We have a caller calling in. Let me log in this caller right quick. Okay. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio, number in the 6-9. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm just listening. This is Mother Perkins. Okay. Mother Perkins, I want to hear what you got to say, Mother Perkins, because when we're talking about unity, when we're talking about division, when we talk about what happened and leadership, because together you know we can achieve more when we work together versus working as um, individuals or being divided. So, Mother Perkins, what is your take on this? Because I know who you are, and you're very well-focused. Well, first, what do you want the listeners to know about unity and then division and why we it's best to try to work together? Well, you know, as you stated and as the young lady was talking, the Bible says there's strength in numbers. And, and, and who is it, Abraham Lincoln, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And uh, we have examples in the in the Bible when the Pharisees called Jesus uh, Beelzebub, and he told them, "How can Beelzebub cast out Beelzebub?" So, as a as a people, as as a people, it's imperative that we learn and and uh, emphasis on learn because we need to work together, especially in in this time that we're in now. Let me give you an example of of it all. During the last uh, six months since we've been blocked down with COVID worldwide, and especially in the United States, I noticed that people came together to pray across Mm -hmm. denominational lines, across ideological lines, and across doctrinal lines. And then when it came to voting the last uh, three months of this election, when we were urged to vote, uh, to, to take your ballots and mail them in 
put it on paper, people began to pray because I was on like five or six different prayer groups uh, online praying consistently, talking to people in the grocery store. I'll peek and, mm-hmm. and they're saying, you know, I'm praying. Are you praying? Yes, I'm praying. And look at what happened when uh. we, the Bible said when you on one accord like-mindedness, you can accomplish. Now, if we use that togetherness and one accord to turn the tide of the election and all political posters mm-hmm. said, had it not been for the black vote, mm-hmm. this election would have went a totally different way. Okay, let's let I'm gonna take you back a minute. Just give me a minute. I know you gotta get off. But if we go all the way back to the end of slavery, during the Civil War, the black Union troops that helped free those slaves, if the black Union troops had not, if those ex-slaves had not joined the Union together, I think it was like two or three hundred of them, they turned mm-hmm. the tide of the Civil War at Appomattox. Okay, mm-hmm. we turn. We have always been pivotal in turning the tide in the situation, and it's just been a small group of us. Okay, mm-hmm. this time it was a good percentage of us across the country mm-hmm. that band together. So if we did it for electing somebody, put it on Facebook, and I wanted to high five that young man. He said, if we could do this for two white men running against each other, what can we do for each other? And that made me think. And I, that's why I went back to research stuff. We have always mm-hmm. done that as a small group of people. If we come together on one accord, it took 120 people in the New Testament, Jason said, that turned the known world upside mm-hmm. down. Once they got filled in the upper room, they went out 120 people, turned the known you know, world upside down. If we got you know together, if we keep this movement going, what could we Correct. do? Correct. Look at what we could affect. Correct. We could affect homelessness. We could affect mm-hmm. the economy as far as our rights and our jobs. Our young people's future mm-hmm. is important because the trivial stuff that separates us, even in our families, okay. even in our yeah. churches, the little question is stupidity. Yeah. And but it you know what, Mother Perkins? us nothing. Correct. What I want to say to Mother Perkins, Perkins, because I don't want to leave them out, people underestimated the Hispanics. When it came oh, yeah. to the in, 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 in Nevada, in Arizona, see, people think old days this, old days that. They also had to unify. They also had to, because the thing is, and people talk about, I look at character. I mean, it, to me, I know, and I did a show last week of getting prepared. We had to get prepared no matter what happened. Even if Trump exactly. would have won, we still would go have to do something to make sure we're going to be okay. Because people let, are dying let, too fast right about now. I don't care if it's COVID, homelessness, um, any let, other type of disease. Let me, I take, see let, so let me stop your point. Let me stop your point. 
right there mm-hmm. of being prepared. Let's take that one point right there. You look at how the God stepped in and turned this thing. So this oh, yeah. is just this is just a tip of it's a paradigm shift in mm-hmm. the kingdom <laughs> because this is just the beginning. This is not the epitome of it all. This is just a pimple on top of the board, okay? Because what God is getting ready to do is transferring the transference that is spoke about in the Bible that we we that that preachers have bamboozled our people out of their money and mindset and stuff. Oh God, give. Okay, let me tell you something. You got to be prepared because God ain't finna drop the wealth of hardworking people, even if they don't serve him, on top of your head. Preparation Mm -hmm. is the key. We must prepare ourselves to be in a position so when the door is open, when the opportunity is presented, we can grab hold of it. Man. We can grab you hold of it. And, and to out for sitting to... down, blaming, yeah. and waiting on somebody to drop something in your lap. You got to prepare yourself. You got to have the mindset. I'm going. I didn't care if I did care if Trump won, because that's why I voted and got my family. But in case he he had won, guess what? Perkins' plan was gonna make it because we had a backup yep. plan. That's what I Okay, have to it's do. about it's, it's, gotta, gotta get it's not an individual. And I, mean, it's, it's, and I can I do my part. I can't do it for everybody. I do my mm-hmm, part. Mm-hmm. But we gotta unify. We got to unify. And I mean it and like I said, in leadership. Mm-hmm. It starts at leadership home. the family so the family. The families have mm-hmm. got to come together and put down Well, when my mama said when she was a little girl, your mama slapped her, your mama <laughs> took her down, your mama did this, and my auntie did We have got to stop the pettiness in our families, take back mm-hmm. the leadership in our homes, get our mm-hmm. children out of MTV, the Kardashian, and all these other uh, uh, these mm-hmm. rappers and things. And take over the leadership in our home because the Bible says starts at home. And then once we do that, we need to step out and demand more from our leaders, even our spiritual leaders. Stop all this craziness. Mm-hmm. Stop this compromise. Either you're going to preach the gospel or you're not. Sit down. I didn't come here to be entertained. If I want to get entertained, I got MTV. I got Showtime. I'm paying for HBO. I'm paying for all this for entertainment. I don't come in God's house for entertainment. Don't entertain me. Give me some food. Give me something that I can grow, something that I can take me from point A to point B till I get back here to point C again next week. I I didn't come to watch you jerk and jive and do the electric slide and slide. Time is out for that. We need to demand more from our leaders. In our school, go to school. Demand that your teachers teach your children. The reason black history ain't never been taught because it's black people, we ain't never demanded it. Yeah. We never demanded it as a group of people. I have two questions for you, you, Miss Mother Mother Perkins. And you made a very valid point when we talk about leadership because it starts with leadership. Leadership is, is important because people are watching. People are watching all over the world. 
they're watching what we do. They're watching how we react and they're watching how we respond. And one of the things that you hear, we got to make sure we don't divide. We don't need exactly. to egg on the division. There's rallies about mm-hmm. to take part now, and yet we still have COVID going on. People are still getting infected. Yep. Why are we going to rally over, over what? We didn't rally when the election of 2016 occurred. I so got a call from Russia myself on my phone. I screenshotted it. I don't know nobody in Russia, but they called me in 2016. So, but the thing yeah. is, we got to be careful that we as leaders don't add to the division. We got to unify. We got to come. And I mean, like I said, we may not always have the total peace, total understanding, but we need to work together to get some stuff done. And, now, and we don't have things, to agree. We don't always yeah. have to agree. Everybody ain't got to wear purple today. And if we wear purple, I may wear light purple. You may wear dark purple. This one may wear purple mm-hmm. with a gold tint too. It's purple. So why are we, uh, Gary, where's she coming out there for? We said purple, purple <laughs> is purple. I don't care. Uh, a shade of purple, uh, uh, whatever. But in the family of purple, see, we divide over silliness, little Stupid mm-hmm. stuff. When the point of the matter is, once the enemy got you distracted, he don't waste mm-hmm. no time. He's coming in mm-hmm. and infiltrating, and he's taking over. And when you blink and turn around, he has taken up and set up encampment, okay? We mm-hmm. have got to stop dividing ourselves over stuff that profits you nothing, at the end of the day, the the argument wasn't worth it. At the end of the day, uh, storming out the room for what? We need to learn to sit down and listen to each other and get the Bible saying, all you're getting, wisdom is the principal thing. But in all you're getting, get an understanding. We have got to sit down. And understand, because my life experience may not be yours. It's your experience. I can't discount it, but I can take something out of your life experience. You could take something out of mine. You can get something out of your 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 education. I can get some. And when we are point taken, and I'm gonna shut up. The Italians have a dish called cioppino. You know how that dish got started? Back when they came over off of Ellis Island, people discriminated against them, and so they worked the docks. They had the low-paying job. So when they mm-hmm. came home, the old women was cooking day-old bread and, and, and taking the bread, and they had a big pot in every neighborhood. And when you come home, from work, you might have had just a, 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 they tied stuff up then in handkerchiefs full of mussels. You dropped it in the mm-hmm. pot. Somebody else had some shrimp. They threw it in the pot. Somebody had a haddock, so they took half of the haddock and, and, and filleted it and put it in the pot. Chipino means we chip in. And when mm-hmm. everybody chipped theirs in, my mussels, Flavored the pot just like your shrimp did. I don't care if it was one shrimp and I had five mussels, but it helped flavor the pot. 
That's all we needed mm-hmm. was the pot to be flavored so we all can get a ladle of it and eat. And nobody went mm-hmm. to bed hungry. If we hungry. take yep. what we have and stop discounting because you think yours is better than mine and everybody bring theirs to the table and put it in, then we have a vehicle whereby we can make changes and we all benefit from the changes. I may not need housing. I may not need education, but I might need health care. I might just need 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 to get uh, my mind straightened out or, or, or whatever the need is. All the needs mm-hmm. can be met because everybody put a little bit of what they had in the pot. And on this note, Jeanette, I applaud you, not because you're my friend, but I applaud you for your consistency. I applaud you because you keep things going. You get people thinking. And even if they may not agree or like what they hear and say, it gives them food for thought and they it gives mm-hmm. them something to think about and it gives them something to talk about later. So you keep going. And if nobody's on the show but you, you just keep it going better. Well, and you know, you know, Mother Perkins, I've done that. And the thing is, it's because I serve a higher a power, and i got to do what I'm supposed to do. It's not about me. Amen. And you know that. That's right. Because <laughs> you want to right. be. Hey, hey Jeanette. Me. You know why I have to be. Jeanette, I want to. Jeanette. I'm so sold that I can. You know, and like I Jeanette. said, with all of this, it's, it don't it's because financially I'm good. and But I still help yeah. those that need my help. So that's yeah. just who I am as a person. And one of the things when we start talking about this transition of power, Trump needed to be president. He needs that election for a lot of things that people don't even realize. So if this division and all of this, these rallies can keep going, it's to distract from what's going on with him. He's out there playing golf. He ain't worried about all of this mess. Right now with, with people fighting amongst one another. But if we're fighting each other, we can't fight the enemy. And the thing is, together we can achieve more because things need to be done. We need to stop the false claims, stop the blame, stop the shame, and stop holding on to so much resentment. Even well, if that's hatred. Did, that, that, that's hatred. Everybody's not looking at this from a godly point of view because the enemy got his people too, so you can't discount mm-hmm. them. The enemy has his people too, and they're going to always be a formidable force because we fight not against flesh and blood, but against mm-hmm. the power and spiritual wickedness in, in high places. The reason he ain't worried about it, he's worried. Don't don't think because he's playing golf. Oh, That's how he deals with his work. He's worried because he's facing, he's facing a lot of stuff. But, see, when you spew... When what happened in this election happened in 2016 with Hillary? The same thing mm-hmm. that Russia stole the election from her. The same thing is happening to him, but nobody's stealing it. This is why the the President Obama and other people went online and said, "Look, you got the mail-in ballots. Please send them in. Put them in an official box." People stood in line for hours to make their voices heard. So where we, we the division comes in because of racism, 
that's been around. I mean, it was in biblical days with the Samaritans and the Jews. So racism is not a new thing. These things are going to be here because they're part of the enemy portfolio, and we can't do nothing about that. Uh, we know you, all we can do is serve God and, and do what's right. I have a question for you. I have a question for you because I had never heard this one before. When I heard our president say, you can change your vote. When has that ever happened? It ain't never that happened. Was gave, and that would give people the ability to say that the vote was messed up. And I ain't never been able to go back and say that I I, I changed my mind on this proposition. I, I can't my get mind. my yeah. I never yeah, can heard I of that. Can I she ask a question, Mother? Mother, what's her name? Mother. Mother Pearl, okay. I don't know. I can't catch the name. Perkins. But I wanted to, Perkins, like, I'm Elise. I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you a question. I'm listening to you talking. So I want to ask you a really nice question because I heard how you said people would get together, they would cook a little food. I'm thinking about this phone, right? <laughs> but I was mm-hmm. thinking how you were saying how we would get together. And my thing was when you said that, I wanted to ask, did you come up through the segregation time? Yes, I mm-hmm. did. Right. So yes, let me ask you let me ask you something. Please answer this for me. It just will help me more on the direction I'm going with this culture here. Was we more together as African Americans doing segregation as opposed to when things became integrated? Um let me ask, let me try to answer that. It's 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 it depends on where, how you're looking at that, that because mm-hmm. during segregation, we were forced to deal with each other because gotcha. of the boundaries that were set for us. I couldn't uh-huh. live. If I lived in a suburb, it had to be in a black suburb. Which right. we did. We I grew up in I grew up in Birmingham. Well, I, I grew up in Chicago, and then we moved to Birmingham, right? And and in the early sixties, in sixty, I think it was sixty, nineteen sixty, and so oh. uh, I went back to live with my mom when my aunt died. So I grew up right at the pivotal point of the movement. And my dad was a Baptist. We were part of the movement. We were for, you were forced to deal with okay. your situations within your communities because you were bound by boundaries, physical boundaries, right. geographic, right. demographic boundaries. You had to deal with what was going on with you because you had no other recourse because you mm-hmm. were stuck in that area. So the, 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 the younger people, they say, well, people, I've heard people say, well, we were more together when we were segregated, that was because we were segregated. We could not move beyond our boundaries to do anything. So we had to deal. If you were the thief in the neighborhood, the neighborhood had to deal with your thievery, you know, to try to talk you out or pray it out of you or beat your butt because where else was we going? We couldn't pack up and move nowhere. So you had to deal with the drunk. You had you had to mm-hmm. deal with what was going on at the time in your community because it was nowhere else for you to go. It was nowhere right. else for you, you know to what go. I, so, you know what, Lise? I want to say this. Growing up in Compton, 
I remember when I moved to Oceanside at 19, and what I experienced, I sued the Oceanside Unified School District for discrimination and racism for what I endured. And um, I remember I had an African-American attorney, and I told him I had never experienced racism, that I had never been discriminated against. He said, yes, you have. He said, you was, and you didn't even know it. He said, why do you think you lived in a neighborhood you lived in in Compton? Why do you think you went to the schools you went to in Compton? Why do you? I had to learn, and I saw it from a different perspective because this is where I was. I didn't know no better. So when I moved to another mm-hmm. place and I see how you treat me, you ain't going to just treat me like I'm a bald-headed stepchild. But I had right. to learn how to fight differently. Yeah. Well, and I we, also saw we, that people that I thought would be on my team wasn't on my team. The people that helped me fight most of my battles were individuals that didn't even look like me because they believed in me and they trusted me and they saw what was happening to me. I couldn't get black folks to come and help me and, and do this and fight against some people. But girl, baby, you should just get on on out of Orange County. You know, well, maybe you shouldn't be uh-huh. a, a police officer right. or maybe you shouldn't. No, it I wasn't, wasn't like that. that. It wasn't like that in the South, though. It wasn't like that in the South because, like I said, we had to stick together. When we had to walk through the white neighborhood to get to our school, we had to fight. Mm-hmm. And we fought as a group. Everybody fought. When they threw rocks mm-hmm. at the bus, everybody on the bus was throwing rocks back. So it was a different kind of dynamic. Yeah, when you, like I said, in the South, because you you were in your community, you had to stay within the bounds of your community because mm-hmm. uh uh you you weren't allowed out of it and so we were together more in that sense because we were forced to be together you were forced okay. to deal with with the issues of your community people didn't teach okay. i remember my dad threw the white insurance man out for mutual uh liberty mutual insurance because he came in the house with his hat on and wouldn't pull it off. It was raining, and he got a cigar in his mouth. My dad said, uh-uh, you need to step back outside and pull that hat off and stuff. And he looked at my dad, and I don't know what he said because we was in the den, but I do know my dad called my name and said, open up that front door. And I opened the front door, and I'm looking at it. It's storming. He picked that white man up and slung him just like you see uh uh, 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 fresh cranes and that boy throw jazz, jazz out of his house. He threw that white man out in the rain like that. And he told me, he said, and you don't come back. And guess what? The word spread it up and down the street. So they had to get, they, that forced them to hire a black agent because mm-hmm. that white man couldn't come back up on the hill where we live because of what he did in my daddy's house. He wasn't allowed to come to nobody else's house. And they told we'll cancel mm-hmm. our policies. But A.G. Gaston, mm-hmm. on the other hand, had insurance. He was one of the first black millionaires that I knew about. A.G. Gaston had I insurance. Was he a black man? Yeah, he was black. And, and okay. he owned the part of uh, black downtown, the supper club, the, the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the only nice motel that we could go to. So we were forced to... Uh, 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 obliged. We were forced to do our own. We had our own black radio station, W E N N W uh, J L D W J L D is still alive. 
and and we were forced to we couldn't even get the range to get the other one. So when segregation was in the South, you were forced, you were together more because you had no choice. You had to support your own because you had very little choice to do anything else. So it wasn't okay, until but integration. You but you guys had little, I'm, I don't mean to cut you off, ma'am. I just want to add, add, but so when you went to the kind of corner store, there was a black person running that corner store, though, right? Uh, in your neighborhood. Yeah, in our neighborhood it was. In some of the there neighborhoods you, you still, but in some of the neighborhoods you still had Jewish people that okay. ran some of the That's stores. True. If you wanted, um, okay, this is what they used to say. Uh, I want to get a, uh, I need to get a good dress. Well, what do you mean a good dress? Because my dad had to call my mama on that once. I never forget one of the biggest arguments I saw them have. And she said, well, I want to go and buy this dress that possessed. And my daddy couldn't understand why Miss Stigney couldn't make the dress because she made everything else you wore. She said, because I want, I want, uh, they were going to the ministers, whatever it was, they was having their time. And she said, but I want a good dress. And that took my dad. My dad said, you mean to tell me this woman been sewing for you for 15 years? And she ain't made a good dress, and and, yeah. and that was the beginning of I I always say the beginning of the end because now we mm-hmm. were allowed to shop at Pizzits at a store that wouldn't let us in, and you had to go through the back side door and only shop downstairs. So now you can shop anywhere, and Miss Stickney dress wasn't good enough anymore, and that put a lot of the home seamstress out of business because. We couldn't shop at those department stores, so we had to depend on the seamstress in the neighborhood to make our clothes. Gotcha. All of my school clothes was made. Gotcha. I didn't go nowhere. Well, we okay. went to J.J. Newberry to buy a pair of shoes. We even had the people, the shoe shop where the man made the shoes. We had a black dentist, Mr. Elliott. We had a black doctor. Everything we had was ours because we weren't gotcha. allowed out of our boundaries. Wow. Now, I know we've ran wow. over time, but I want to say this, because I hear where you're going with that, Elise, also. There's unity in number, and I always tell individuals, they say, with God, motivation, determination, you can have whatever you want. If you want a business, start your business. If you want an education, you say you want to be a doctor, the sad part about it is there's a lot of individuals that are African-American or minority descent that have graduated med school but can't find a place to do their residency. We're seeing yep. that that's a problem. They're seeing some shifts and there's some changes. When I was told and I wanted to apply for a position in law enforcement, they told me I wasn't qualified. I went before the Civil Service Commission, and I'll never forget that man told me, Jeanette, you may have proved that you qualify, but we don't have to hire you. And I said to you, exactly. not qualified. So now some of my clients are police officers in law enforcement. I work with mm-hmm. people. I remember a woman, when I wanted to work in the court, she told me, well, Jeanette, I'm afraid you might speak Ebonic. But yet, now I'm president of CASVOC. Now I'm doing all sorts of things. What? Because even if they tried to put me, and I didn't get no loan to to pretty much start my uh, business and stuff, I refinanced my house. I took money out of my house and almost lost everything. And Mother, Mother, um, Mother you saw that. 
all kinds yeah. of everything I yeah. owned trying to do yeah. counseling and help people off drugs. And I had my houses and my cars before yeah. I had my business. Sure and did. I mean, those people said, we won't, we, they said, we're going to make sure she lose all of her houses and mm-hmm. put the shopping cart. And, and I've yeah. been in business for 15 years, and I'm doing yep. better now than I ever had in my life with my business yeah. because I learned how to reinvent myself. But I still, when yeah. other therapists come to me, I'll talk to them about how to start a consulting company. I tell them how to get their own drug and alcohol programs. I don't mind mm. helping, encourage, empowering other people because I'm ready to wind it down right about now. So my when friend we talk does about that. Unity, she, we can't be afraid. What, what did you say, Mother? She owns a she owns a beauty supply up here, and it's a big one. She bought it from another black family that didn't run it very well, but now she's mm-hmm. expanding and stuff. And I have my little business where I make uh, wreaths and I do scrapbooking and stuff. So. I was doing it for some people in the church, and they said, no, you need to sell this. I made Christmas wreaths last year, and so I mm-hmm. did it again this year, and she bought some, and I didn't really know how to price them because you know me. I just, mm-hmm. I'm old school. We so when you learn how to do something, you just give to the saints and help them, but saints take advantage of them. But uh, <laughs> they don't even, offer, they don't even offer you nothing. And so she said, but Mother, oh, Mother Perkins, huh. Mother Perkins, I want to say this. You just said something, and I want to put it out there. You just said you make Christmas wreaths. Now, a lot of individuals are going to be doing probably different things for the holidays because we don't know how this economy is going to be going. So if someone wanted to order a wreath from you because they still want to decorate their house, how can they go about finding it? Is it on the website? How can they go about? Because I know you was also doing Tupperware at one point. How can they nice. support your business? How can they find you if they mm-hmm. want to, mm-hmm. let's say, buy Tupperware, send it to somebody, or buy a wreath? How can they contact uh, you? I don't, I don't do Tupperware because I got four cases of Tupperware because I couldn't get people to support me. So one don't need me keep buying. But for my wreath, if you need a wreath or something, I really didn't put them on Facebook. And my kids said, Mom, you need to put I didn't. But if you want a wreath, they can message me on Facebook, and I'll send them pictures because I, 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 I didn't know how to put my gallery up for one thing. So mm-hmm. I'm old, y'all. Y'all have to forgive me. But uh, I, if you want a you Christmas wreath. You put it out there. That's what, that's what we talk about. Yeah. That's what and I can do it in different. I got pictures. And stuff, but I didn't know how to price them. And I put I put lights on mine, battery operated lights, mm-hmm. so you can oh, hang it on the wall mother, or put it outside. Mother Perkins, I can take some of that Tupperware off of you, honey. That was just as well business you. now. You got too much. Oh, you got okay. too much on your plate. Give me yeah, a call. I, I would take I got, some of the Tupperware. I got cases. Well, you oh. let me know, and I'll, and I'll bring my cases to you, baby, and you can go through. Uh, and and, oh, and you don't even have to, yeah I know yeah. I got okay cases. that's what I want all right I got, I got you I know what <laughs> I'm getting for my wreath I'm I'm on I'm on Facebook so just DM me or message me on Facebook and my daughter website for her jewelry is Happy Jewelry Maker on on Instagram that's her thing Happy Jewelry Maker. 
because she was disabled. Mm-hmm. When nobody hired her, so I sent her to school. I sent her to do class. So she makes custom jewelry, and it's and it's semi precious stone. She don't make no cheap stuff because I know I buy it, so it ain't cheap well, because me, I don't want people. To... Got you. Let me read something because I said I know we went way over our show, but I got a text message and it said, "Good show. I think this show should be continued." Your last point got cut off because the show ended. I don't know how it ended because we're still talking. And it said, uh, one thing I believe most of us are missing is that this we were under and must be removed. That's the only way we see significant changes. Let's not be surprised if mandatory mask wearing and mandatory vaccination are next. Many of us have said that we don't want vaccination, but it might get to the point where if you don't take it, you can't go to work, shop for food, or mm-hmm. do anything necessary to survive. So I've heard people say that, and they talk about also the mark of the beast. Mm-hmm. And it said God is systematically removing this system, but we black folks continue to fight and to support and maintain it. We seem to think that Democrats actually care for black people. This is the fight before the storm. Now, and like I said, and it's not about Democrat, Republican. I look at character. I look at what can you do. Like I said, right. I'm talking this purpose say something, I'm like, hey, let me see what I can do to help. It doesn't matter if I'm red, white, red, black, blue, or green, you know, yeah. or yeah. whatever my political party is. That's how we yeah. become united. That's how we yeah. unify based on our differences, what you believe in, who you are, where you come from, so that we mm-hmm. all can be make a common cause. And that's how we rise above our differences, even if we do disagree. And I don't take yeah. my leadership ability for granted. I don't. I don't abuse no. it. I don't underestimate it. I do what I'm supposed yeah. to do. So I want to thank thank you, Elise, for stepping up because I didn't know who I was going to have a conversation with because I didn't want to talk by myself. Thank you, Mother Perkins, for <laughs> listening to the show calling in. I appreciate but, but, you. But, you know but, I miss seeing you. I've been having hope this over so we can go eat. Mm-hmm. Did that answer her question? Did that? Did that? Yes. Answer. I, I think that's answer, answer her question that she asked me. Did that answer well, your question? It, it, it answers some of some of what I was. What she like Jeanette said. She would have to piggyback to what my point was. He wasn't on the call, but I took the liberty to ask you, and you kind of like hit what I was talking about. It might be something that she can pick up from what you were saying because she knows mm-hmm. where I was going with it. It's really mm-hmm. different because what you said, we were forced to do it. Well, now we're not forced. And so I somewhat believe the integration did kind of mess us up as a union of, you know, community of mm-hmm. people, African-Americans. I do. But mm-hmm. I hope that Jeanette can pick the call up again, Mother Perkins, because I know with your wisdom and what you've lived through, you can kind of bring it all together from where I'm coming from as far as yeah. unity and, and us yeah, coming together. Because what I, I was just I, 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 I understand your point because sometimes I've I've felt that way. Like dog, we we had better education when we were in black school because the black teachers wanted you to learn, and they went out of their way even though we didn't have books like everybody else and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, but but what I I I think happens is that uh, it happens so fast and so tragically. Integration yeah. was tragic. It was tragic. Yeah, well, it, took a, ready for that. it was tragic on us. And and yes. and people just wanted you know, 
if this is what I can get out of that, well, let's go for it. Some people wanted to escape. You can't escape your problems. You got to deal with them because yeah. the old folks just say if you take a meal, if the meal didn't drink in Georgia, don't take him to Alabama, don't take him to Tennessee because he's still the same stubborn mule and he ain't going to drink there either. So and right, you, and you I think immigration we, offered us an escape from dealing with correct. us, dealing with the problems that we have as a community, as a group of people. I'm just going to move away from you, and I'm going over here with these people, but you're still taking the same problems. Ooh, we got to pick this conversation up. I got to get off the phone. We, I mean, we, we can, you might want to put we that can. on your list. I know, I know, and it goes back kind of to rejection because sometimes people think they're rejecting you, and I'm looking at that, I'll be like, rejection ain't all bad, they always a bad thing because I don't want to be on your team anyway. But that don't mean I can't yeah. unify with you, but I might not yeah. want to do what you want to yeah. do anyway. So it's our mind. Okay, ladies, our mind. I got, I gotta go. Now, thank you, Jeanette. Well, it was really show. nice talking to you, Mother Pearl. Huh? Mother Perkins. You nice know, Mother Perkins. Tomorrow's you, show, the the um the pastor that's calling in. He wanted to talk about after salvation. So the, tomorrow's topic we're going to be talking about after salvation at Precious. What Christian time is it tomorrow? Eleven thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I got to set All my right, alarm. You. you know, I'll be a. Okay, I'm gonna set my alarm and try, <laughs> okay, try <laughs> and try to be you. on. God bless y'all. I love you. y'all. I love y'all, young women. I love y'all. I do. I really do. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for joining mm-hmm. me at Praise Predicament's Blog Talk Radio. Until tomorrow, remember. All right. Bye-bye, sweetie. Bye-bye.